It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Everybody's favorite player, Corey Perry, has scored for the Montreal Canadiens, who lead the Ottawa Senators three nothing with thirteen minutes to go in the third. After one, Hurricanes up one nothing in Chicago. Early second period, Stars and Predators tied one one. Early in the third, Blue Jackets and Lightning one one. Red Wings and Panthers one one. 17 minutes to go. Islanders with a 6-4 cushion on the Capitals. 10 minutes to go in Buffalo. Oh, no. Sabres are behind. 2-1 for the Rangers. Uh, Rangers are shooting Buffalo 38-17. Buffalo did score first in that game. And the Penguins lead Boston 2-0 with 14.5 minutes to go in the third. Blue Jays won their opener in 10 innings, 3-2 over the New York Yankees. The Oilers game on Saturday against the Canucks has been postponed. We do not know when it will be made up. We do know there's a battle of Alberta tomorrow. The face-off show is at 5.30. The game is at 7 here on 6.30, Chad. And we also know the Oilers have had the edge in the battle of Alberta this season. And we also know that the other half of the battle, uh, they're not looking good. They're not looking good. My preseason pick, Pat Steinberg, to finish first in the North Division. Now, why would I do something so foolish? A, because I didn't want to pick the Leafs because I'm a jerk and I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. And so I have a bit of a troll in me, even though I try to be nice and like I'm not picking Toronto. And B, I actually thought Calgary would be good because I thought if everybody stumbles out of the gate because there's no preseason, maybe goalies are going to win you a bunch of games and they signed Jacob Markstrom. Well, I'm dumb. <laughs> Well, happy birthday, Reid. Uh, well, you big, you big dummy. Uh, you know the uh, the the, and, and you also couldn't choose the Oilers because then you're like the typical, you know, host of the team that's choosing the team that you cover to win the division. So you couldn't do that either. So yeah, you were kind of left with with Calgary or Winnipeg. Realistically, I guess you could have gone Montreal. Um, so I I had. I had uh, my four playoff teams, I believe, were Toronto, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary were the four playoff teams that I had. I think I had Toronto winning the division, but I had Winnipeg, Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton as my four playoff teams, um, I, I think. Um, and it, the, the way it's gone for Calgary, look, I did not look at Calgary as a Stanley Cup contender. I did not look at the Flames as an elite team. Uh, and, and I looked at them very much as a group that whatever happens, you, you, had, you, had two, you had two outcomes. You couldn't miss the playoffs, which it looks like they're going to. That's just a complete straight up unmitigated failure so you couldn't miss the playoffs and then the other outcome was you better make the playoffs but we're not really going to trust in this group or evaluate this group until they get to the playoffs and see if the, the guys that haven't elevated their games in playoff rounds past we're going to be able to do so well we're not going to get to that opportunity it doesn't look like and it looks like the unmitigated failure that we were talking about is 19 games away from from coming true so it's been uh it's been a frustrating year for flames fans 
It's been a year where a significant amount of their top players have all missed the bar, have all fallen short of what, not just what they were expected to do, but what the bare minimum of what they needed to do for this team to be successful. Like, you take a look at what what, what the Oilers' best players are doing, you know, if you want to compare the team in your market and the teams that are going to play tomorrow, well, okay, has has everybody lived up to uh, their their billing yet? Well, maybe not, but has McDavid pulled his uh, his share of the weight? Yeah. Has Drysaddle pulled his share of the weight? Yeah. Uh, you know, some people have been riding Nugent Hopkins. Well, maybe he's been the one that hasn't gotten where where a lot of people hoped he would. But then you've got Tyson Berry, and he stepped up to the plate, and he's been a nice addition on the power play. And Puljujarvi has been a nice addition to the top six, top nine forwards. And Mike Smith has has pulled his weight, and then some in between the pipes. So you know. The, the, the players that you were hoping, the top players that you were hoping to drive the bus in Edmonton, for the most part, had done that. Well, down here, Matthew Kachuk's been an absolute disappointment. And Sean Monaghan has scored three times in 34 games at 5-on-5. Five five. And Johnny Gaudreau has has been way below what he needs to be. And Jacob Markstrom, after being a, a great success story for the first 20 games, he's now an 890 goalie over his last 10-11 starts. And Mark Giordano looks like he's a 37-year-old, soon-to-be 38-year-old defenseman. And Rasmus Anderson's taken a step back. So, so for the most part, Calgary's best players have not been their best players, and Calgary's best players have not driven the bus the way that they need to. And with Montreal leading Ottawa, it's going to soon be six points with four fewer games played. The gap from Calgary to Montreal, it just keeps on looking worse. And You can tell me all you want about the five head-to-head games Calgary and Montreal still have. And I guess if you are a, uh, you know, kind of tried-and-true, glass-half-full optimist as a Flames fan, then you're looking forward to those five games they play later this month. But the reality is it's it's next to impossible for Calgary being a playoff team this year, and that's a failure. I, I can't put it any other way than, than that is a failure for this team. The, the coaching change had a brief impact early. It really... If you look at the results and the points percentage, it really hasn't had an, an impact. But but has there been an impact where you say, okay, well, they're actually playing better or working harder or paying more attention to detail under Daryl Sutter? Have you seen anything like that? Yes, I do think there have been small steps forward. Um, I think that their team game is better. I think that they have done a much better job of limiting quality scoring opportunities. It's now 11 games that Daryl Sutter has coached, and, and they're 5-6 and six in those games. So they've actually like they, they got a coaching bump, and now they've, um, they, they went 4-1 and one to start, and now they're 1-5 and five since that time. So um, it, it, has not been, it has not been a great run specifically lately uh, and and so yes I do think there has been progress I think that they are better defensively as a team I think that they are uh, a little bit more simple and direct with their approach but the problem is is that you know you're seeing that from a lot of guys and you're seeing kind of the team mentality be like that but a few things have dropped off 
Jacob Markstrom's not making st- saves right now. Jacob Markstrom is is allowing goals on high quality scoring opportunities that you paid him to make stops on. I'm not saying there's been a lot of bad goals. It's not like Markstrom's letting in a lot of shots from the the corner or or shots un uncontested shots from the points or half boards or anything like that. A lot of the goals that are being scored on him are all coming from the house area, are all coming from from close in, but. They paid him $6 million a year to be one of the best goalies in the NHL. They paid him $6 million a year to not allow Chris Tierney to score goals from the slot uh, in a 1-1 game late in the third period against the worst team in the division. So so Markstrom isn't making the saves that he was making earlier in the season. And while the team game has taken steps forward, you're still not getting the best players doing what they need to do. Matthew Kachuk still looks lost, and Sean Monaghan is still an ineffective five-on-five player, and Johnny Gaudreau is is not handling um, kind of Daryl Sutter preached hockey very well right now. So when you're and, and Mark Giordano is still struggling to be a consistent top four NHL defenseman. So while I do think there is progress here, I don't think that we've seen enough progress for it to make a difference for this season, and that's okay from from my standpoint at at the very least I think you can accept that because I don't think Daryl Sutter was brought in just for this year I think he was brought in for the bigger picture and I thought I I think he was brought in to uh, really underline for management and ownership who they can go forward with and who they can't go forward with under a coach that is thought to be one of the better coaches of the last couple decades in this league. And I think that when inevitably this team makes the playoff, this is the playoffs rather this year, uh, I think that we're going to see significant changes in the offseason. I doubt we'll see them before next Monday, but I do think come the offseason, you're going to see the kind of the significant franchise-altering moves that people in this city have been talking about for the last two off-seasons, I think you're going to see them this summer because of how this season and the last few trips to the playoffs have gone. Yeah, that that could be a a story to watch. Pat Steinberg joining us from Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. He's the host of the Flames broadcasts on that station. And yeah, I was going to ask you about uh, are there some big pieces that might have to be moved out in the offseason? So that's you you, kind of summed it up. And and I know I I know whenever I I talk about, you know, writing a team off from out of the playoffs, I, I, I know and I can I can hear the thoughts of people out there. Well, what if they do this? What if this? And I, I, you and I both look at the site, Stoff reference it, sportsclubstats.com. And you can look at the percentage chance of a team making the playoffs. And Calgary's at 1.7. And the cool thing is that you can hover your mouse over the percentage and it tells you all the possible records in their millions of simulations that got the Flames into the playoffs and it's like this is this is why it's so tough and why falling behind is so tough it's possible it is actually possible for the flames to go 19 and 0 and miss the playoffs it's yeah. it's possible like that that's how hard it is um when you fall but like basically they're gonna have to go 13 5 and 1 and even that's about a one percent chance of getting in that's how that's how hard it is to come back in the nhl Well, going into their game last week, I think, I don't know, days blend together, Uh, but their, their last road trip, they went 
in Toronto, and they won one and lost one against the Maple Leafs. They came out of that loss against the Maple Leafs, went into Ottawa, lost to the Senators again. Well, your team has just ran tractors over the Ottawa Senators this year. The Flames, they, they, they can't beat them. They've lost 5-7 to seven against Ottawa this year, and and so they had a 142-minute goal this drought. Johnny Gaudreau ties the game with about five minutes remaining to snap that drought, and then and two and a half minutes later, Chris Tierney's scoring to make it 2-1 Ottawa, and and they'll lose again to the Senators. So coming out of that game, Mark Giordano talked to the media and said, we got to go 16-7. and Well, since that time, they've won once. They, they right. lost again to the Senators, and they lost two or three to Winnipeg. So you go from 16-7 and to... Uh, what fifteen and four is what they got to go, and 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 even then that might not get them in. So they're they're in a they're in an almost uh, impossible spot. And and here's the thing. I mean, I I I still get the feeling that this this general manager is is and 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 this management group is. I don't know if they believe they're going to make the playoffs, but they believe that this is is still a, a good team and a a team that is underachieving. I, I really hope they're not in buy mode ahead of the, the April 12th trade deadline, but I do wonder if they sell off a couple of assets and, and I wonder if they, you know, say, well, you know what, we're probably not going to make it. If we go on a run, we go on a run. But I, I just, I don't think anything that they do between any result between now and Monday, April 12th, I don't believe that should change the way that they approach this trade deadline. I, I think that they have to go into it knowing that it's slim to none, that they're going to the playoffs and they have to make bigger picture not tied to this season moves for this organization so yeah could they make it sure could they go five and oh against the Habs and make a big swing there sure they could is that likely to happen no it's not and it just it, it would be so short-sighted to not make glaringly obvious moves before the trade deadline for the 1.8% chance that they could get into the playoffs. That, that just seems like poor asset management. So it's going to be real interesting next 11 days or so here. Well, hopefully it's a good game tomorrow night. I mean, uh, they've been, uh, you know, they, well, I guess I, they haven't all been close games because the Oilers have blown them out twice. But the, the other four have been say, split two-two. Did two. you see the seven-one and seven-three yeah, game? I forgot about the previous seven-goal game by the Oilers. I'm sorry, they're all blending. They're all blending together. Hey, Pat, thanks for checking in, man. Um, and we'll we'll do this. We'll do this down the road. It's going to be an interesting team to follow, and we still have some BOAs between now and the end of the regular season. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Raider. Happy birthday, brother. Thank you very much. That is Pat Steinberg, Sportsnet 960 in Calgary, host of the Flames broadcasts on that very station. And, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It's really tough right now for Calgary. They're going to need a miracle to, uh, to get into the postseason. Probably not going to happen. It is 7.20. You can chime in on the CertainTeed hotline. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 780-496-0063, CertainTeed, professional grade building materials.
Well, so the Oilers back home for just one game. They had the long road trip where they only wound up playing three times. They were hoping to have two this weekend, but Saturday's game against the Vancouver Canucks postponed with two Canucks players and one coach in COVID protocol. So it's Calgary tomorrow and then right back on the road to play in Montreal on Monday, Ottawa Wednesday and Friday. Dave Tippett, though, head coach of the team, happy to be back at Rogers Place for practice today. Hope we got us back some energy, just some, uh, and I don't know if it was so much physical energy, but mental energy. You just, you go on the road for that long and you're kind of locked in a hotel. It uh, wears on you a little bit. So hopefully we got home and uh, got a little energy back. We had a good practice today. So hopefully that, that uh, we get some of that zip back in our game that we were missing the last game. Well, well they, they were pretty much missing zip, zap, zoop. Wap, pow, bam, everything from their game on Tuesday against the Montreal Canadiens. They sounded like a Batman comic strip there for a second. Okay, we got the 7.30 news and weather coming up. I can tell you that the Montreal Canadiens now up 4-1 on the Ottawa Senators. That is late in the third period. Brendan Gallagher has his 14th of the season for the Habs, so Montreal is going to get the uh, win there. The Oilers in fourth place when you go by points percentage, and Montreal is going to sneak ahead a little further and I've, I've been using the points percentage more than the points because the games played is always so uneven. And may, maybe if they can't reschedule all these games, they could wind up doing that to determine the standings at the end of the year. We will uh, check in a little bit with the AJHL and the Sherwood Park Crusaders. Their GM and head coach Adam Manna is coming up and we're going to introduce you to a new member of the inside sports team before eight o'clock tonight as well. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. All right, so the Canadians have finished it off, a 4-1 win over the Ottawa Senators. In the second period, Carolina leads Chicago 2-zip. Dallas is up 2-1 on Nashville. Late in the third, Red Wings and Panthers are tied 2-2. The Lightning have beaten the Blue Jackets 3-2. Braden Point, two goals in that game. He now has 15 on the season. With about two minutes left, the Islanders with a 7-4 lead. On the Washington Capitals, Jordan Everly has two goals. He's up to 13 now. The Rangers beat the Sabres in overtime. The Sabres tied it at 19.56 of the third period. Tej Thompson tied it up. But then Zabenejad wins it with 28 seconds left in overtime. Well, I'll tell you what, the Sabres are unbeaten in two. They're 1-0-1 unbeaten in regulation penguins leading the Bruins 4-1 that is late in the third period the uh, Blue Jays started their season today they won in New York 3-2 in 10 uh, 10 innings over the Yankees we had uh, Sebastian Kosa on the show earlier goaltender for the Oil Kings they're in Red Deer tomorrow Oilers and Flames tomorrow night on 6:30. Chet it is a 5:30 face-off show and the game will start at 7 and then no game on Saturday, it has been postponed. Uh, this uh, Lee from Wainwright writes in, he says, how come more people aren't talking about who has more goals this year? Taylor Hall or Adam Larson? Great one-for-one one deal. I think Lee has his tongue very firmly in his cheek there. But uh, tough year for Taylor Hall. And uh, yes, I do. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice 
the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Do not think that Taylor Hall is uh, going to be traded to the Oilers anytime soon. A couple of people asking about that. Okay. 780-496-0063. That's also the Certainty Hotline, and that's where we go right now. I am pleased to welcome to the show the GM and head coach of the Sherwood Park Crusaders, Adam Manna, is on the line. Adam, thanks for calling in, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You know, one thing I, uh, well, many things I, I enjoy about my job, but this is one of them, looking back on someone's Hockey DB page. Because, you know, a lot of times a name rings a bell or just from working in the sports industry, you know, you hear a lot of names or you might meet somebody along the way and then you can't always place them. But again, I this is cool for me because I run into so many people I would have seen play in the AJHL when I was in Lloyd Minster, where I was from 2000 to 2007. So I would have seen you make several trips to Lloyd Minster, uh, first as a member of the Fort Saskatchewan Traders and then as a member of the Fort McMurray Oil Barons. I have no idea, honestly. Uh, but yeah, that takes me back to uh, that takes me back to some of the good old junior days there, and uh, it still seems fresh, even though it's uh, I guess what now, uh, thirteen years old. So yeah, it's it's flown by in a hurry. That's for sure. Uh, what kind? Let everyone know what kind of a player were you, and also what you did beyond the AJHL playing wise. Well, uh, yeah, no, I would say uh, I guess once I got to the. Once I got to the AJHL level, I was kind of more of a you know steady, reliable, uh, I guess two hundred foot guy. Uh, I mean, uh, I could I could score. I, I roughly put up you know ten to twenty goals a year, uh, so I could ship in I could ship in productive you know production wise that way, and then uh, I could also uh, set them up. But uh, I wasn't I wasn't a guy that that lit up the league or, or that torched it by any means. Uh, you know, it was just uh, again uh, taking pride in playing uh, good defensively, being good in the faceoff circle, and and again, uh, you know, kind of was a tweener between uh, you know being a top six guy and then a top nine guy. So, uh, but again, uh, you know, took a lot of pride in just playing a, a good overall game and then playing hard. I mean, I was I was a smaller guy back in the you know back in the day there, and and uh, in those days, I mean, it was the, the clutch and grab, uh, you know, hard to play against type of days for for the little guys and. Um, you know, I think nowadays with the way the game is, it probably would have uh, helped me a little bit more. Uh, but, uh, I mean, uh, back then you just kind of had to survive and, and find a way to, uh, you know, take, well, take a little bit of the, the beating or, or brunt of from the, from the bigger guys. So, I mean, my, my face uh, has a few scars on it from back in the day, whether it was pucks, hits, elbows, you know, any, anything that kind of, uh, caught the five foot six guy going across the ice. So yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was uh, you know it was a lot of fun and and uh, you know I was fortunate enough to win one uh, one league championship in Fort Mac there in 0506 and uh, you know had a lot of good coaching uh, in Fort Saskatchewan and Fort McMurray obviously with Court Thibodeau and uh, you know a lot of a lot of good memories that I look back on now and, and apply to uh, to the to the coaching uh, side of things. But after I finished in the AJ. Uh, it does have me. I think on Hockey TV, it has me down as playing one game for Nate. 
but I actually didn't I didn't end up playing. I concentrated on school, uh, and I actually took radio and television arts uh, at Nate, uh, and that was before coaching even uh, kind of came into the picture. So uh, it's kind of a funny little story there. And uh, if um, I'm going to assume that uh, your, yourself doesn't know this, but uh, and, and maybe the viewers listening, but I, I've been calling the play-by-play for the Brick Tournament for uh, the last 10 years. Um, so, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe some of the, the highlight packages coming up for some of the drafted players, uh, you, might, you might end up hearing my voice on one of those games as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know you went to uh, the radio intelligence. So, well, we have broadcasting in common. We don't have hockey ability or coaching ability in common. That's, that's all you there. Uh, we, we, like, so what eventually led you on the path to, you know, coaching and instructing and mentoring and all that kind of stuff? Well, I always enjoy telling this story. I'm going to assume that he's not listening right now, but I always bring him into the mix here. Uh, I, I met a fellow named uh, Tino Greco. Uh, it was, I was going to the gym at, at Londonderry uh, back back again uh, right after I finished playing, so it would have been uh, while I was in school around 2011. And, uh, you know, he, he came up to me, and we kind of just, you know, chatted at the gym a little bit. And, and for, you know, him being older than me, he was probably a lot more jacked than I was. Uh, <laughs> so I always gave him a hard time about that, but... Uh, he, he, he was coaching a PV team at the time at, at the Knights of Columbus, uh, or KC, I guess, uh, for, for the abbreviation. And, uh, and he kind of just said, hey, you know, have you ever thought about coaching? And I was kind of like, oh, not, uh, you know, I just finished playing. I was concentrating on radio and television arts at Nate and, and school. And, uh, you know, for the first time, I mean, I, I had decent marks through high in high school, but, uh, you know, really wanted to focus on the school side so that I could – you know, uh, I guess graduate with honors for, for maybe the first time. I was kind of always a, you know, 70 to 75 kid in school. So he, uh, he, he basically asked me and I, and I, I gave it a go and, and uh, he wanted me to come out as, as just, you know, his assistant coach. And, and then, uh, you know, probably after maybe four or five practices, he kind of looked at me and said, Hey, you have a lot more energy and juice in the tank. Why don't you just take over as the head coach? And oh, so wow. he, uh, yeah, he gave me that opportunity right off the bat. And, uh, you know, I just fell in love with it, and it's become my passion. And, and uh, you know, I just I, I really love uh, what I do, and I'm really thankful that I get to do what I do because I take a lot of pride in it, and I, uh, I work extremely hard and, and just to, to make sure that I'm the best I can be. And, and uh, you know, so far things have worked really well. I guess uh, it's funny how, you know, you go to school for anything and you kind of think that's your path, and then, uh, you know, and then the coaching side comes up and, and you end up going down that path instead. So uh, that's that's kind of why I'm, I'm fortunate to do both. Uh, you know, obviously coaching is, is the number one, but, but then I get to still do my second passion in the summer uh, at the Brick Tournament as well. Well, and I think Locker Talk on NR92 with Brendan Ulrich was a really good show as well, who's uh, in our sales department. So that, that's pretty awesome. That's funny that you mentioned that because I would have been, been in school with Brendan at the time. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. texting me saying, uh, "Yeah, I went to school with uh, Adam." And of course, Brendan used to work in our sports department, and now he's uh, now he's in our sales department and a good friend of mine for sure. Adam Matter joining us on Inside Sports, Sherwood Park Crusaders GM and head coach, talking a little bit about his uh, journey over the last twelve years or so from playing in the AJ to now coaching and managing in the AJ. Hey, look, man, I got to ask, and I know you know I've seen some updates on your website and with the AJHL. 
just just how is the league dealing with uh, with with COVID? How are you navigating being able to finish this season and getting in as many games as you can? Well, again, it kind of goes back to we're, we're pretty thankful to be playing right now. I mean, obviously, minor hockey is is allowed to practice, but they're they're not playing any games. So for us. For us in the Western Hockey League, it's, uh, you know, we're very fortunate that we get to play. I mean, the process uh, for, for us, and I don't think it's any different with, uh, I guess, in the Western Hockey League, they're getting tested every day. But for us, we're getting tested once a week on Wednesdays. Uh, and, and, and our league has done a really good job in terms of uh, getting all that coordinated through Dynalife, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, we have a nurse on site that can, that can uh, help administer the tests and then... Uh, you know, the results come back to us within, you know, not even 12 hours of, of taking them. So um, everything has been really smooth, to be honest with you. And again, that's, that's a lot of credit goes to our league in terms of getting everything uh, structured and organized with the government of Alberta and just making sure that we could return to play safely. And uh, luckily for us, uh, you know, the Crusaders, we haven't had, uh, we haven't had any anything come up so far. Uh, we had a little bit of a a little bit of a, a scare last weekend within our cohort of, uh, you know, us in Bonneville, but it was, uh, it ended up being a false positive. So, uh, you know, that player was retested two more times and had tested negative, and, uh, and then we were able to play on Sunday. So everything has been really good, and, and the precautions have been taken. And, and uh, you know, one thing I can say for sure is that the kids are having fun being back at the rink, and they're really, uh, they're really enjoying playing again. All right, and... I, uh, I don't want to put you in a tough spot here, but there, I mean, there was a report last week about BC forming its own junior A league and trying to poach teams from Alberta. Everybody I talked to said that is not anywhere near uh, happening. And there might be, there might be challenges for junior A hockey, but I do want to get it from someone who is employed in the league. Like everything's intact. There's, you know, it's, it's always tough to, uh, um, you know, it's not a billion dollar business where people are making money hand over fist, but, uh, that's any, any talk about, uh, outlaw leagues or things like that are premature at best, shall we say? Uh, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't really have too much to give you on that end, uh, other than it's totally false. So, I mean, uh, every, everybody in the league is, has you know stated that you know, the league does a great job. I mean, our commissioner Ryan Bartoshik, along with uh, everybody involved, uh, everybody else involved within the league, uh, uh, has you know has done a really good job. And, and uh, I don't, you know, there, there's absolutely no teams looking to leave. And, and we know, uh, you know, we we got it pretty good here in Alberta and within the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Yeah. Well, Adam, thanks for telling your story a bit. Uh, you know, I'm glad I can, I, I still can talk a lot about the AJHL on this show because that was a big section of my career and it's cool running into people like you who played in it and were successful in it and now are still involved with the league and helping it continue to grow and be successful. So thanks for checking in all the best uh, with the crew. going to keep an eye on you guys. And of course, uh, all the teams in the AJ really appreciate you coming on tonight. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me. Thanks a lot, Reed. That is Adam Mana on the show. Sure.
Packers general manager and uh, head coach. So you know, they he mentioned they had a false positive, had to rearrange some games, but they're they're sticking with it. Our Brendan Escott, who's the producer of uh, Bob uh, Bob Stoffer's show, or there's now is uh, the play-by-play voice for the Crusaders, and he often keeps you updated with what's going on there too. So hopefully, it continues to be uh, a season that the AJHL can can get through and they can crown a champion when all is said and done. I mentioned the Oilers did practice today. Alex Stalock, it's been a month since he was claimed off waivers from the Minnesota Wild. He was on the ice today, head coach Dave Tippett on Stalock. Well, we'll see where he gets to. He's, you know, he's got good NHL experiences. That's why we, we picked him up. We like him, but, you know, he hasn't played all year. And uh, Schwartz, he's done a good job of getting him up and going. He's he's looked like he's coming around, but he's he hasn't played in a long time. So it's not as if you can throw him in an exhibition game and then get going. So it'll be uh, it'll be up to Schwartz and just see where uh, he thinks his game's at and try to get an, uh, the best evaluation you can out of practice. And if we think uh, he deserves a start, you know, you never know. But right now, the two guys are, we feel comfortable with the two guys going. And uh, uh, But we'll see what happens with Stalock. It's If he gets up and going, you never know. All right. Yeah, I mean, Rob and I have talked about him. If, if he's healthy, I, I would think he's going to get a game at, at some point. He's certainly going to want to play. But remember, Stalock is also under contract for next season. And so that could affect how the Oilers manage their goaltending going forward. You're going to find out a little bit more about Alex Stalock in a brand new segment called Michael's Minute coming up when we get back. Thanks a lot for tuning in to Inside Sports. We really appreciate you tuning in tonight. And we have a, a new segment and a new contributor on the show. He is our Inside Sports stats specialist. His name is Michael Carsmaker. Michael, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks, Reed. I'm doing excellent. How are you? I'm doing great. Welcome aboard. Great to have you as part of the show. Before we jump into who you're going to be focusing on tonight, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, Michael. Well, yeah, well, uh, thanks, Reed. I'm great to join the team. Um, I am a sports fanatic. Um, so I love the Edmonton Oilers. I love the Edmonton football team. And I love digging into the stats. And uh, I'm going to give you some good stats tonight. Okay, well, this is going to be good because uh, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about Alex Stalock. I was at practice today. He was on the ice as the third goaltender. It's been a month since the Oilers claimed him off waivers. Tell me a little bit about his journey here to become an Oiler. Sure. So Alex Stalock is 33 years old. He has played for two teams in his NHL career. He's played for the San Jose Sharks, and he's also played for his hometown, the Minnesota Wild. And... Uh, his best year was last year when he played 36 games. He won 20, lost 11. His save percentage was 0. .910, and his goals against average was 2.67. Yeah, he was in pretty pretty important to the Wild last year for sure. Well, well, we'll keep an eye on him for sure, Michael. And we appreciate you checking in. I look forward to your visits on the show here. Welcome aboard, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, and have a good weekend. Will do. That is Michael Carsmaker, and that is Michael's Minute 
brand new segment we got for you on Inside Sports. It's been awesome to get to know Michael over uh, the last few weeks and uh, have him contribute to the show, and you'll be hearing him from time to time. Uh, great energy, great sports fan, great Edmontonian, and a welcome addition to the team here on Inside Sports. That was good stuff. I can also tell you Connor McDavid, who you may have heard of, is the NHL's North Division Star of the Month for March. All he did in March was have 23 points in uh, 14 games. The Oilers went 8-5-1 and one in the month of March, and they're going to be back at it tomorrow against the Calgary Flames. It's 5.30 for the face-off show. It's 7 o'clock for the drop of the puck. No Oilers game on Saturday now. The game against the Canucks has been postponed we got a couple of Canucks players we got a Canucks coach in the NHL's COVID protocol so that game will not be played as a matter of fact the Canucks had uh, yesterday's game postponed a couple other games against Winnipeg coming up postponed there are expected if all goes well to be back in action on well a week from today Thursday April 8th all right, let's just run through the scoreboard here before we got to sign off. Uh, Penguins beat the Bruins 4-1. Rangers get by the Sabres 3-2 in overtime. How about this? The Islanders over the Capitals 8-4. Matthew Barzell with a hat trick now has 13 goals on the season. Jordan Everly scored twice. He also has 13 goals. The Lightning hold off the Blue Jackets for a 3-2 win. Braden Point got the game winner. Panthers win in overtime 3-2 against the uh, Red Wings. Wenberg with the game-winning goal, 125 into the extra session. Panthers doing really well this season. Montreal gets the win 4-1 over Ottawa. After two periods, it's the Hurricanes with a 2-1 lead on the Blackhawks. And start of the third period now, Dallas leading Nashville 2-1 and still a game to come in about 40 minutes. It's going to be the Wild taking on the Golden Knights. The Toronto Blue Jays are 1-0, 1-0. The journey has started for them. They get a 3-2, 10-inning win over the New York Yankees. All right. Hey, it's Leopard. It's a good band. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, have a happy Easter. Obviously, things are things are different. They've been different for a while. But, uh, of course, I wish you a happy Easter or whatever it is you uh, you celebrate. If you get a long weekend, I hope you can enjoy it. If you got to work, hey, you got to work. You'll be fine. Hope you can check out our Oilers broadcast tomorrow night and then another one on Monday. Dave Campbell is the producer of Inside Sports. Brendan Escott uh, lent a hand this week as well because Dave's on holidays. Kellen Kennedy is the studio operator. My name's Reed. Have a pleasant evening. I'll talk to you at 5.30 tomorrow for the Face-Off Show. And don't forget, Stoff's got a live edition of Oilers Now from noon to 2. Take care, everybody. Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.